Hey, what's going on, fellow Earthlings? It is Cooper. Welcome to Cooperville Podcast, episode 49. Uh, we'll be moments away. Dr. Jay LaGuardia is back on. Great insight in this conversation about uh, COVID-19 and some of the ways we can get each other through this challenging, very different time. But first things first, a big thanks out to Midwest Meals. Midwest Meals wants you to know they are still open. If you do local pickup for your weekly meals, they are still open. So you can go in and grab your meals. They also have the cooler still stocked up. So you can stop in, grab a meal, and go. It's basically like a to-go order. Also, if you are looking to maybe refrain from going out a whole bunch and going to the grocery store, things like that, jump on board at MidwestMeals.com. Pick out your meals for the week. Get your order in, and they will deliver to you your meals for the week nationwide at midwestmeals.com. 13 rotating meals, all of course, including those macros, your fat count and your calorie count and your carbs and your proteins, all that stuff are down there for you. So during this time, you can uh, you can stay healthy, you can get healthy with Midwest Meals. You can go to midwestmeals.com for that and use promo code COOPER at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Again, the website, midwestmeals.com. And my friends out in California, Violent Gentleman Hockey Club, going through some tough times out there, I know, with a, a lot of non-essential uh, travel, a lot of non-essential things, uh, all being kind of on lockdown right now. But you can still go and check out their website, violentgentleman.com. they got a whole bunch of cool hockey gear. Maybe fill that void in your life since hockey is kind of postponed indefinitely. Uh, violentgentleman.com with promo code COOPERVILLE15 to get you 15% off that first order. Now, there is going to be, and I think everybody's kind of getting accustomed to this, there may be some delays in shipping just with kind of how the world is working right now. But uh, but get that order in, and it'll be that pleasant surprise that shows up at your door uh, with 15% off. Cooperville15 is the promo code. Violentgentleman.com is the website. And cannot say thank you enough to uh, my partners at Monster Energy and Rain Body Fuel. The child is home for the foreseeable future, doing some homeschooling thing, spring break with no real... Uh, place to go and enjoy. So a lot of home time, a lot of things inside of the house and hopefully getting outside as much as possible. But Monster Energy and uh, Monster Zero, Ultra Zero, Rain Body Fuel going to get us through because um, it's going to get a little tiring. It's The days are going to get long. The nights are going to get long. The mornings are going to probably stay early. So huge thanks out to Monster Energy, proud sponsors of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. As I mentioned, Dr. Jay LaGuardia is back on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. He was on a much earlier episode. We'll get to some of those details within the confines of our recording today. Great insight, great factual stuff about COVID-19, the coronavirus, um, kind of what's going on uh, locally, regionally, nationally, and globally with this pandemic. Some things we really need to understand as far as the virus itself and ways that we can kind of get our mindset right and what we can utilize this time for, since we have a lot of it. Everybody's always saying how they have no time. Well, now we got time. So how can we most maximize that time and use it for our benefit and come out of this even stronger, even better than before? Dr. Jay LaGuardia, my guest in the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. It starts right now. Welcome to Cooperville. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast, on demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. Subscribe, get updates, feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Check, 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 one, check, check. Welcome to Cooperville. Dr. Jay LaGuardia is back on the podcast. Originally episode 15, now episode 49 of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Dr. Jay, welcome back to the program, sir. 
Thank you so much, Coop. How are you, man? Things are well. You know, uh, I reached out to you and just because we are living in an incredibly different time. You know, the last time we talked, um, you know, we, we got into a whole lot of awesome topics. I had a chance to kind of re-listen to that episode. We talked about, you know, this the manliness thing and then toxic masculinity. And we talked about motivation and what inspires you and drive and kind of this, you know, real uplifting episode. We talked about your book. We talked about, you know, all the things that, you know, that you've overcome in life. And we got into some of the things that I've overcome in life. And we were, man, I came out of that just feeling like jazz, like, yeah, like, come on life. Let me grab you by the balls. Let's go. And so I, and that actually re-inspired me to kind of uh, reset some of the mentality that's out there because there is a flood of, I don't want to call it crazy. I don't want to call it misinformation, but I think there's a lot of both out there. It's just a different time we're living in here from episode 15 to episode 49 with, with COVID-19. And that's why I reached out because um, I know there's a lot of things that a lot of good insight, a lot of good information that you can pass along to the listeners about how to kind of decipher fact from fiction in one instance. And also given the restrictions that a lot of Americans are under, a lot of the world is under right now, how to maintain some sort of sanity. Cause you can get locked into your, your house or your neighborhood or whatever your bunker, depending on how prepared you were for, you know, this apocalyptical event that we're going through right now. Um, and you can kind of lose a lot of momentum, whether that's, uh, in mindset, whether that's in physical fitness and health, um, you know, core relationships within your family. So a, a lot of topics to kind of decipher here, but, uh, but I wanted to thank you for jumping back on. Cause there's a, there's a lot to dissect in a very fluid time that we're living in right now. You know, I just turned 56 mm. and, um, in my lifetime, I've never experienced anything like this. Mm. You know, of course, uh, I don't know how old you are, but I assume you probably remember 9-11. Yeah, very clearly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as far as disrupting the norm mm-hmm. um, in the, the uncertainty and fear that that brought, particularly for myself, because I was born and raised right outside of New York City. In fact, my bedroom overlooked lower Manhattan and mm-hmm. I could see them build the World Trade Center. Wow. Uh, I literally worked on the top of the tower, uh, not not the top of the building, but the windows of the world, the restaurant. I played in a band up there mm-hmm. at uh, one time, and to see that come down and the world change was was you know traumatic as anything I recall. But this is ten times worse. Yeah, and it's not because it's not because that the potential is ten times worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because, in my humble opinion, the cor- the, the coronavirus has the power to to destroy us mentally before it ever is going to take us or hurt us physically. Right. Yeah. And if we don't, you know, um, protect our mindset, um, the inevitable outcome and impact is going to be more of, of what it's going to do to us post coronavirus, you know, quote unquote breakout. Yeah. Uh, so, so thank you for having me on. Thank you for, uh, you know, sharing this topic and, and providing some perspective to your listeners, because I think we have to create some sanity in the insane world because there is. And, and by the way, there's opportunity mm-hmm. and there should be hope. And I hope we cover all those here today. Absolutely. And, and, and I want to make sure that we do. And I, I, I being 39, you know, and I think at that, um, at that juncture, so I, 
I went through a, a year of major transition. Um, had you on uh, kind of in the midst of that, uh, 20 year career in radio, uh, thought that was my gig. That was my thing. I was going, that was going to, what I was going to ride life out on, uh, went through the, the leaving radio, uh, changes in, in what I wanted to do, kind of figuring shit out a little bit, um, really discovering a whole new world of, of mindset, of, um, taking fitness to a different level, uh, you know, really controlling the mind, like a, a whole bunch of different things, got into reading, got into audiobooks, got into podcasts, got into all these things that have, that some people look at, you know, they, if anybody walks into my bathroom, and I mentioned this a lot on, on this podcast, there is post-it notes all the way around uh, my mirror. And if you would have asked me two years ago, if I ever would have, you know, made that decision, I'd been like, no, that's crap. Like putting quotes up on a, a post-it note in the bathroom mirror doesn't mean shit. You know, what is that going to do? And now it's something that I religiously do every day. So all these things have have changed the mindset. And I hit that 39 age um, last year. And through this transition, I thought, all right, 40, you know, 40 is not the 40 from, I think, when when you were growing up and when you turned 40 and from when uh, when I was growing up, when it was like the black death, like black <laughs> balloons and okay, well now you're over the hill and now, you know, the end is near. It always had that vibe, I think, growing up because 40 felt ancient when you were in your teens or when you're in your twenties, you're like, oh my God, 40. But going through this transition and going through a real uh, mental growth process, this, you know, and, and listening to a lot of uh, great advice on a great um, authors that are out there, inspirational folks that are out there and understanding like, man, this is like, not even half time yet. Like if we're if we're rolling the dice on life going to 80, 90, and who knows, 100 at some point, like you're not at halftime. You've, you've got the experience now. Okay, now we can launch off and do really whatever you want because, you know, if you have your health about you, you, you have the opportunity to accomplish so many things. So hitting 40, hitting it in stride, started a new business, uh, picked up, uh, added another podcast to my arsenal, and I'm doing some more MC duties for uh, some festivals in the area, expanding the brand, working on a documentary for uh, August and September, all these things going. And then this COVID-19 thing hits. And I think because of going through all those things, and this kind of harpens back to that 9-11 thing, because I think experiencing that and witnessing how the country reacted, I was like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Is we're all going to be like, yeah, all right, go Team America or go Team World at this point. Let's all band together, figure this out, and we got this. And I'm not sure <laughs> if that's exactly the mentality that is out there right now. I Some people are, are kind of proclaiming this as like, well, this is like the 9-11 where we come together as, a, a, as humanity and we learn to overcome things. It feels like there's a lot of divisiveness that is kind of sprawled out, you know, throughout this. 9-11 brought us all together. You felt that for a couple of years. And then obviously that, you know, the memories of that kind of, they're still there, but they faded. That feeling of, you know, USA, you know, pride kind of faded away a little bit. This just feels like you have a sector over here that believes this and a person over here that believes this and someone over here that believes this and a lot of loudspeakers posting things that people have now in quarantine or self-quarantine or having nothing, no job to go to. This is their front and center now. They're finding themselves interpreting all of these things that are out there. You know, how do we, you know, 
keep mentally focused. I think maybe that in a very long form is how to get to this question to keep focused on like, there is momentum forward. We, we can still continue to, you know, see, see your way through this obstacle and then see yourself on the other side of this obstacle. And where are you going to be in a year from now? How do we keep that mindset? How do we keep that mentality of, uh, kind of forward flowing mentality? Yeah, no, it's a good question. You know, in today's world, everyone has a platform to speak their opinion Mm -hmm. and it's not good or bad. It's just the way it is. Right. Um, unfortunately, you know, some, uh, viewpoints tend to be, um, you know, extreme one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the reality is that it's not based in fact or reality. Right. Um, I always try to take a practical approach. Number one is, is what are the facts, right? What, what are the present facts as we know them and then formulate, um, my response based on those facts. Mm -hmm. So, so take a logical approach. Um, when we're steeped in fear, right? When steep fear is the dominant emotion, we're incapable of thinking logically, even the most intelligent, rational human being, when they're stuck in the emotion of fear thinks irrationally. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I say is first acknowledge that fear and, and panic is probably the two most dominant emotions right now in our society. Mm. Why? Well, first of all, there's so much uncertainty. Every single day, our lives are changing in in ways we never could previously imagine. There's new edicts coming from the local health department or state government or federal government. We just don't know. It's like, holy shit, really? Now, Now we can't do this? Right. You know, I can't go to my favorite restaurant. I can't stop at the bar and grab a beer on the way home. Like, come on. We used to take all that stuff for granted. How could that possibly be in the United States of America? Is that really happening here? So that uncertainty feeds and nourishes the fear. And fear is one of the most destructive emotions to be present in, both emotionally, physically, and of course, spiritually as well, too. Now, what's important, Coop, is to acknowledge that fear exists and not to minimize the fear that people are experiencing. In other words, Coop, you're not a bad person if you're feeling anxious or, or, or experiencing fear. That's a very normal human emotion. And to acknowledge that is the first most important thing to do. Not saying, you know, again, not judging it, just acknowledging it. Now, do we choose to remain in fear that is something, you know, we have to look at and, and analyze more thoroughly mm-hmm. because we can, li- we can choose to live in fear on a moment-by-moment basis, which will only continue, as you mentioned before, move us down that rabbit hole, or we can choose a different experience. And that's more of an enlightened approach, mm-hmm. okay? So what I call, I don't know if we talked about it on the first uh, podcast, but which, by the way, you did a great job. And I really enjoyed being on the show and I got some great feedback. So, again, thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. But uh, what I call conscious awareness Mm. and conscious awareness is being present in the moment. Each moment is best as possible of how we're showing up. What are the emotions that we're bringing forth and acknowledging, hey, is this really the way I want to approach this situation? Mm -hmm. Let me give you an example. Who are the most outside, outside the senior population? Who's the most fragile psyche right now in our population? 
What would you say? I would say children. Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. Having Absolutely. one. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if there's if if our home is dominated by fear and anxiety, what do you think the kids are going to pick up on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they sense our anxiousness, it's only going to ramp up. They're going to have it ten times more because they don't maybe have the the wisdom or the past experience to decipher maybe, you know, and, and so they go down the rabbit hole much faster, much quicker. And it's, it's just a shit show. It's really, it's, it's dangerous. So the first thing we have to do is we have to stay calm. Mm -hmm. The greatest leaders of all time have told us, have taught us that what separated them from everyone else is that when shit hit the fan, they relaxed, they stayed calm. Mm -hmm. They didn't allow what was happening around them to cause them to go in panic mode. One of the best leadership books that I read, irregardless of how people feel about him politically, this is not a political statement, it was from Rudy Giuliani from 9-11, when he talked about literally his city was falling down. Buildings were crumbling and burning to the ground. People were dying, jumping out of buildings. They said to him, how did you get, how did you keep everybody together to stay forward and, and focus on what needed to be to be done in hand. He said, on the inside, I was screaming like a little child, but on the outside, if I didn't keep it together and, I, and if I behaved the way I was feeling inside, the, the rest of the, the, everything else would have, would have, would evolved into pure pandemonium and chaos. So staying calm is number one. I said, taking a logical approach to this, um, looking specifically at the facts here, now, you know, I mean, I spent, I've spent 30 years in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm passionate about health and fitness and mindset. Um, but I also consider myself a scientist in a sense. I study, I like to look and read journals. I know I'm kind of weird. <laughs> Part of my personality <laughs> is uh, I'm not going to go off on a tangent unless I can support what I, what I say with facts. Right. So here are the facts. 99.7% of the people who are infected from 50 and in in, in below are going to have a normal outcome. Mm-hmm. Now, some may be affected more than others. In fact, in China, they studied 72,314 people who were affected by the coronavirus. Of those people, 81% had a mild reaction. Yeah. 14% had a severe reaction. So what is that? 14 days, bedridden, bad cough, congestion, that kind of thing, you know. Um, and 5% were critical hospitalization, potential, you know, um, uh, higher mortality rates, certainly with, and these were primarily older people. So the reality is most of us have nothing really to worry about. That's why, what I said, when I first came on, I said, you know, um, the coronavirus has the power more to destroy us mentally before it's ever going to touch us or impact us physically. Mm. So my, my concern is what is this going to do to us as a country, as individuals, from the anxiety standpoint, from the, from the fear, from the depression? How is this going to impact us and our kids and our communities? And uh, so conscious awareness is what I said, is how do I want to show up? What do I want to feel? What are the facts? Does this really support the hysteria? And of all the things I'm going to tell you today and, and, and your great listeners, Coop, is turn the damn news off. Mm. Amen. The news does not have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. 
you've been in media for 20 something years, right? Everyone yeah. knows the, the modicum. If it, if it bleeds, it leads. 100%. Fear sells, right? Fear sells. And so what, what is going on now in, in, you know, uh, in broadcast media? They're selling a shit ton of advertising at high dollars because they got all the eyes. People are home watching TV. So they're only going to perpetuate and sell more of the same stuff. That's why there's an update every freaking 20 minutes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Seriously. How's that going to impact or change anyone's life? Certainly for the, not for the better. I'm not saying, I'm not saying is to um, completely disassociate yourself so you're not informed. But carve out a small section of your time, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day, catch yourself up, what's going on, and then immediately pivot and shift away. Because if all we are exposed to is negativity and toxicity coming from the media, guess what happens to our emotional state? Yeah, it crumbles. It does. There's uh, the, the toughest part, I think, and, and this is an, a lifestyle adjustment for a lot of people living in, in 2020 is that it's not just TV news or or the radio, and we could have a whole different podcast, on my opinion, about how those things are being handled. Um, that's probably more biased, just giving 20 years of insight into into the functionality of, of those entities. But you know, now we live in a day and age where it's not just the five o'clock news. And in this pandemic that we are currently going through, it's not the five o'clock news. Now there's a four o'clock news. Now there's a there's the yeah. five, the five thirty, the six, the ten, the the, the noon, yeah, the AM show. Now we have scheduled updates um, on TV, on radio. Um, I know some of the stations are running things every fifteen minutes. There's there's an update. A lot of it repeated information. Um, but now we have you know the handheld remote control of our life, known as our our cell phone or our mobile device. And if you subscribe to even local news outlets and their, their Facebook page, or you uh, are subscribed to a, a, a national news app and you get the notifications, your phone, even if you step away from the TV, turn the radio off, you jump on a fantastic podcast like this one, you know, your phone in your hand is dinging, it's vibrating, uh, it's telling you, uh, giving you the updates about, you know, now there's this happening in, in your county. Now there's this happening in California. Now there's this happening in Pennsylvania. It's constant. And you go to bed, even if you can if you can find your, your dial back time and you put the phone down and you can put yourself into a get, some, get good rest, um, which you should be doing anyway. It's like this whole washing hands thing, like all this shit you should be doing anyway. You should be keeping yourself uh, out of an obesity range. And, and I want to I touch on that because there were some, some stats I just saw that came out of, um, out of Italy on that. But you have to be able to dive into your device and turn notifications off and detach yourself from that constant flood of information that's coming in because it comes in and it, this is, if it bleeds, it leads. They don't get you on the facts, the, the, the whole story, they get you on the headline. It's click, it's right. clickbait on your phone. You're looking at it and you go, Oh my gosh, we have two confirmed deaths in the state of Wisconsin. Now I'm going to go into that app. I want to go into that news story. I'm going to read that. Oh, oh, look, it's already three o'clock. There's going to be an update from the health department. I'm going to go and watch that. Oh, that leads into the four o'clock news. I'm going to watch that. Now you're 20 minutes, like you're suggesting to kind of keep yourself at least, you know, 
informed to the state where you can go, okay, now I know that there's some new rules and regulations. Uh, now you've just flooded. That's two hours. And what do you do from there? Are you jumping on a phone and texting with a friend? Or you, you hear that the restaurant and bar industry is is uh, is being shut down, basically, and, and for the most part, outside of drive through and pickup. And you jump on and text a friend that owns a restaurant or manages a restaurant or is a waitress or, and you go, Hey, what, you know, it's great to reach out and, and, and make sure that people are, you know, doing all right. And then they're, they're maintaining a good mindset about it, but that can all of a sudden become your whole day. It can become your wake up in the middle of the night, check your phone. Oh my gosh, fall down the rabbit hole, get up in the morning, check your phone, fall down the rabbit hole. There is a six spiral that can put you into a big time fear state because you feel like the only information that's coming out, even though there's some sources that are trying to put out good information, you know, Wuhan, China, having no new cases and opening back up for business, um, you know, other things coming out of North Korea or out of Korea. And those things are completely overshadowed by the constant negative news that's coming out. People need to get in their notifications and shut shit off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually did that. Uh, just before we jumped on this, uh, one of the apps that uh, um, I have, you know, gives you kind of stuff, Dave, and I, you know what the hell with this, man? I, I'm shutting this <laughs> off. I don't, want, I don't want to see it. But, I, you know, I want to give some context to what you're talking about here. You said about, you know, you know, you get a notification that, you know, there's now two confirmed deaths in the state of Wisconsin. Is that true? I don't know. Is, I, is that yeah, true? Yeah, I think that uh, that came through, I believe it was yesterday. Um, okay. Which, which okay. That, that was the one that prompted me to say, okay. I gotta, I gotta shut things off because I, yeah. I, I, I had the, I don't want to say human reaction, but human living in technological age that we are, going, <gasps> well, yeah. let's find out more. And it was a nine, I think a ninety year old, and then a, a fifty six year old with some underlying conditions. So I was like, okay, okay, we need to take a little step back here, and that's when the notifications got turned off for me. Well, again, let's put this in perspective, okay? So. <laughs> Last year, there was 61,200 people supposedly who died from the flu. I, I say supposedly because we can doctor numbers. Right. If pneumonia is on the death certificate, they're considered a flu case, but there's many causes of pneumonia. So oftentimes those numbers are greatly inflated. Mm -hmm. Let me say that, okay? It's not an opinion. It's a fact. In fact, anything that I'll share here today, it, I'll tell you whether it's opinion or fact. Um, Last year, in the winter of 2018, 2019, there was 42.9 million people who got the flu. And as I mentioned, 61,000, you know, using the, the metrics that the CD, these are CDC numbers use, there's 61,200 people passed away. That's under 1%. Right. Now, were we getting updates on our phone? every single day mm -hmm. or was there a clicker at the bottom of the news updating how many more new cases were reported in Eau Claire County and you know how many people are now hospitalized and you know no god forbid but you know grandma passed away because of the mm -hmm. flu which by the way grandma doesn't pass away by the flu right mm -hmm. most of the time here with the elderly these are people with pre pre-existing severe conditions mm -hmm. that are very unhealthy and this was kind of the you know the the last straw that threw him over. Right. So it was the underlying um, immunocompromised human beings that now you get the flu and you throw it on top of it. They can't handle it and, uh, and they succumb. And the cause of death is considered the flu. Mm -hmm. But it was really a complicating or concomitant factor 
to their ultimate uh, ultimate demise. So you see what the absurdity is here? The absurdity is, well, let me give you some more statistics. Again, fact, mm -hmm. 43 people a day die in the U.S. from opioid overdose. Mm -hmm. 43 people a day. Yeah. Okay. That's more than, than, you know, in two days, it's more than, than, than have passed away from the coronavirus, you know, and probably the upper Midwest, um, three times the amount of people so far who are dying daily from the coronavirus, which right now is 56. And this was the latest CDC numbers, which I think I checked Wednesday, three times the amount die from rabies a day. So my point is, is that we have to have some perspective here. People live, people born, people live, people die. That's mm -hmm. what happens, yeah. right? Now, I totally get the whole concept here is we want to minimize the exposure and protect people to the best of our ability. Mm -hmm. It's a smart approach. However, in England, and there are other schools of thought, is natural acquired immunity, herd immunity, might be a better approach. In other words, get the healthy population together, let them pass it on. They're going to be fine, right? And what happens is we develop this natural immunity. We pass on the natural immunity. Now we're, we're, we, we are protected from this virus moving forward. Mm. We don't have to worry about it next year, the year after, or so on and so forth. Is that an option? Sure it is. It's not the one that our country has chosen to take. I'm not judging it. I'm just telling you there are different approaches to this process. Right. Now, I think what's going to happen as a result of this, I really believe this, is people are going to realize that they need to be far more proactive when it comes to their health and well-being. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to realize, you know what? The government can't protect me. My insurance, my insurance carrier doesn't give a shit about me. Right. And, oh, yeah, they may develop a vaccine. But ladies and gentlemen, according to the CDC, the most effective rate from a flu vaccine is 40%. Now, would you get on a plane where the pilot said, ladies and gentlemen, we're about ready to take off. Our chance of arrival is 40% today. Have a great flight. <laughs> I'm out. I mean, who's, who's signing up for that? No. But my point, let, let, me, let me finish the point, Coop. My point is this, that you can't guarantee there's going to be some magic bullet flu vaccine that's going to protect you. We need to be proactive and start living our lives accordingly to what's going to cause our bodies to express maximum health as it relates to our immune response. Mm -hmm. The thing that has frustrated me the most, Coopin, and this is what I've, I've, I've done on, with my podcast and I've done in social media and then I've wrote in blogs, my biggest frustration is when you get these experts on from the CDC and John Hopkins and so on and so forth, they talk about washing your hands and isolating yourself and getting plenty of rest. Great ideas. Mm -hmm. No one, I mean no one, is talking about the six critical steps that you need to do every single day to maximize and enhance your immune response so that you can protect you and your family naturally so you don't have to worry about it. Right. And number two is if you do get exposed to it, because your immune system is strong, it will fight it off as it was intended to. Our immune system is innately designed to protect us and it's doing so every day. Last point. Do you know how many um, pathogens we're exposed to per day as human beings? I, I got to imagine it's an astronomical number. It is, but 
there are those which are normal that we experience every single day that are on the countertops and dish rags and things like that. But pathogens that could be virulent like bacteria or, or, a, or a virus is about five per day. So you calculate that over a year. You know, you're talking a lot. Now, why aren't we sick all the time? I mean, it, just from the germ, germ theory concept, if that was the case, just being exposed, wouldn't be, we be sick all the time? You would think, but that's, I believe, where our immune system probably comes in and keeps 100%, us healthy. 100%. Yeah. It's when we're immunosuppressed is when we do get exposed, we have a higher chance, a higher incidence of contracting whatever that might be. So, so it's, it's, again, it's about logic. It's about taking good, good actions and behaviors and, and, you know, just living our lives in a, in a, in a more um, congruent way that aligns with uh, uh, how we're going to be able to experience health on a day-by-day basis. I, uh, there was an old theory that, um, that I've heard, I think I heard when I first became a parent, um, just because you, you, anytime you make that kind of giant life change, you, you find yourself absorbing different kind of information than when you're in your twenties. And it's like, well, you understand what kind of information we absorb when we're in our twenties, but so you become a parent and you just, you start little anecdotal things and some of them, you know, passed down from grandma and you kind of take it like, Oh, well, that's how it was in your day. And, uh, but the one thing was, is that because of not necessarily even my son's generation, he's nine. So he's what Gen Z, I don't know. He doesn't know what a newspaper is. Never, never seen a rotary phone or a payphone, none of these things. But because when, when we grew up, it was play in the dirt, get dirty, eat mud, probably ate a worm at some point. You kind of exposed yourself. You know, you played in giant groups of kids and, you know, washing your hands, even though it was, you know, we should wash your hands before dinner. It wasn't, you know, there was no hand sanitizer. We weren't, you know, but it, that generation, you know, our generation just seemingly, our immune system was a little more inept to fight off some of the things that have become more prevalent. We kind of ate what was you were fed. You were in a lunchroom with kids that were eating peanuts and it was, and then some change happened and now we're not, the kids aren't playing in the dirt as much anymore. They're not getting dirty. They're not jumping in mud puddles, not out playing in the rain, not riding their bikes They're not out when it's cold. They're not out when it's too hot that our, the immune system has, uh, for that generation and generations around that has kind of morphed itself a little bit to be less able to, to fight things off as, as previous generations immune systems were. We've made it way too sterile. Yeah. Our immune system is no different than a musculoskeletal system or cardiovascular system. It needs to be stressed Mm -hmm. to perform at a high level and sterilizing your entire environment does not make you well. In fact, it puts you at a higher risk to be sick. Now you and I, there's a few, there's a few hot button items you touched there that could be a whole different uh, show (laughs) as as why over the last 25 years, we, the, the rate of autoimmune diseases have exploded. In fact, I had two guests on my show, not uh, just recently, um, that uh, there are now over 125 known autoimmune diseases, more are popping up every year. Why is that? What has changed? Well, our genetics haven't changed. Our genetics haven't changed over the last 40,000 years. Right. So what has changed? Our environment. Mm-hmm. And, and how and what we're doing within that environment. And I don't necessarily mean the grass and the trees, mm-hmm. okay? I talk about the environment between our ears, the environment at home, the environment in our social social gathering places. Um, you know, I mentioned before about, about, you know, about the vaccine. 
you know, they talked about, you know, there's a roughly, did, do you know from, from 2003 to 2009, the flu vaccine during those years were 0% effective? Yeah, I think I read that. There was, now, yeah. do you know how, this is fascinating because I don't think many people know this. Each year, the flu vaccine that we they start to promote in August and September, and you start to see all the signs on Walgreens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you're absolutely bombarded with these with these messages. You know, come in and get your flu shot. That flu shot was developed 12, 12 months previously, and what they do is they look at the amalfalenza A, amalfalenza B, AB, and they've now added a fourth, which make which makes it a quadrated. Um, um, shot so there's four different quote unquote to protect you against so they look at what the strain was previous year and what they do is they use probability scales to determine what they anticipate the genetic mutation of those will be for the upcoming year mm-hmm. that's why the percent of the immune shot effectiveness is so damn poor that's why i made the joke before about getting on a plane who would do that right so people may say well geez What's the worst thing? I, I, I get the shot and it's, it doesn't cover the strain. What's the worst thing? Well, the research out there is really quite clear. Repetitive annual flu shots have a significant impact on autoimmune response. Just at what we were talking about, autoimmune diseases. Right. Particularly dementia and Alzheimer's because of the methyl alcohol, uh, excuse me, the, um, uh, the uh, aluminums that are in the, in the flu shot that accumulate in the brain cause uh, neurotoxicity in the brain, mm-hmm. which then lead to all these uh, neurodegenerative diseases. So there is an impact, right? Yeah. So, um, and like I said, you and I, we could do a whole nother show on this because <laughs> it's, 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 it's a big topic. But the point being is that it makes so much more sense to live a good lifestyle right. and prepare yourself then to leave it up to somebody else. And that's why I said, I think we're really at the precipice of a new, of a new age where people are going to say, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? And how do I protect me and my family naturally? Because I can't count on somebody else. I'm going to throw some, uh, some numbers out there. Now I can't attest that these are facts, but the numbers seem fitting. I'm gonna try to pull it up here. Um, so that I at least get, uh, the correlation, right. Uh, Cameron Haynes, who is a, a avid, uh, bow hunter, inspirational guy, runs like uh, ultra marathons. Just dudes fit, dudes healthy, dudes kind of got his stuff together. Um, but he put out uh, something on Instagram that says, "Out of Italy uh, via the medical examinations." Um, and again, I, these this was just a post that was put out there. Whether it's a hundred percent fact or it's not, uh, of the the deaths in Italy, seventy five percent had high blood pressure, thirty three percent had diabetes, one third had heart disease all three related to obesity. Uh, 0.08% who died had no other uh, pathologies. So, and and whether those those facts are all, you know, accurate, um, again, it, it's tough to decipher if it doesn't come directly from an agency. And even at that point, we, we talked about number inflation and what means what. But I, I do think um, underlying conditions is something that's been brought up a lot with this disease. Obviously, age is a factor with age, most of the time, some of the time comes those underlying issues, but, but health and being healthy and being, I don't want to say like super jacked fit, you know, you don't need to be able to, to run a marathon. Um, 
but how important uh, for not just COVID nineteen and but autoimmune is this for just like making lifestyle changes? Because I, you know, you hope out out of this, you know, people will learn like, okay, I can adapt if my favorite restaurant only takes takeout. They can adapt if okay, I have to homeschool my child for the foreseeable future. we may not come out on the other end the same. We may lose some, we may change hair color a little bit. It may go from, you know, brown to gray, but we can make it through those kind of, those kind of challenges because we don't have much of a choice. Where the choice comes in, I think, is, man, do we really, is this the thing? And it may not be because it seems like there's been a lot of things that could be the thing that makes people go, oh shit, I need to like really get my, my health in order because it's going to eventually lead to, to bad things down the road. But is this the thing that, man, if, if you didn't have all of these underlying issues because of obesity, because of diet, because of lack of physical activity, that maybe this isn't I mean, such a major issue across the globe? I 100% agree with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the real concern with, with COVID-19 is not so much mortality rate because, as I mentioned to you, the people don't die from the flu right right now is that 100 absolute no but just statistically it's almost anomaly if, if a healthy person would pass away from the flu there has to be other some some other complication there right um but no we're a sick society mm-hmm. i mean you look at the obesity rates and the cardiovascular rates and, and the cancer again it gets back to the these are all autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. these are lifestyle diseases coop the american medical association said that 97.6% of all disease, all disease, anything you could possibly imagine is lifestyle related. Wow. So if, 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 you know, for a variety of reasons, we're not well, and most of its choice, as I mentioned, of course, we're, we're much more likely to have a poor outcome. And it could, could be COVID-19 or, or another virus or whatever else may come down the road. So yes, absolutely. There's a, there's a correlation. And I've seen the numbers that you talked about as, before as well, too. Italy has the hot, the, the oldest population in Europe. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's affected them so greatly. And, um, you know, which, which kind of my, my initial impression was my thought was the reaction seems excessive to what the numbers are saying. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned before, the COVID-19 virus, the biggest concern is it has double the contagion rate as the typical flu, mm-hmm. right? So the mortality rate's really not that amongst healthy people. It's not that high. Seniors, it's higher than the, than the flu. Up to 15% is what some of the CDC reports are showing. Mm-hmm. So my initial thought was, well, why didn't we just quarantine the elderly people and protect and the sick and right. protect them, you know, isolate them? And rather than completely wreck and destroy our economy. Right. I mean, could there have not been a better balance? I don't know. Maybe I'm not, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I'd like someday, maybe perhaps someone to answer that question. Could there have not been a better approach? Right. Um, And so that and the fact that roughly one in five, you know, may need hospitalization and there's just not the availability Mm -hmm or the capacity within our healthcare system to handle that. That's the big problem. That's the big concern. Right. It's not the death rates per se, is that it's the inability of the healthcare system to absorb those patients 
and to be able to adequately, you know, care for them as they so need and deserve. That's the biggest concern moving forward. Um, what I question is moving forward <laughs> is how long we're, we, we as a society are going to stay self-quarantined. I, I just right. don't think we're, you know, we're not used to this, you know, and we don't like change. No. Human beings are very <laughs> resistant to change. Um, and so we, yeah, you know, you're already starting to have people grumbling like, what are we doing here? And that's where, you know, I mentioned before about social media, you got social media, man, you get, you get, you get sucked into all that negativity. Right. Oh, forget it. Yeah. But, you know, some people are saying it's going to go through the middle of May. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's, um, that the self quarantine thing and and in some states in some cases as of the recording of this podcast mandatory quarantine um talking about states like california who i, I think just went into kind of a shelter in place uh rule passed down by the governor uh there's a lot of i think if we were still in a world where there was outlet and I'm, I'll use sports as an example, just because I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people can find avenues in sport to kind of their, that's their escape, that's their outlet, that's really what kind of sport develops itself into is like, oh, the week, the week, the week. But hey, during football season, college football, on, you know, high school football on Friday, college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday and Monday and Thursday, and, and so it, it be, and Monday night, it becomes your, you know that's like your your escape outside of you know the reality of your your day to day all of those things are gone now there's no basketball there's no hockey there's no spring training i mean that's you know when you live up here where we live and and we were blessed i guess comparatively speaking with a much easier winter to tolerate than we had last year uh the february apocalypse of snow and and everybody was like oh my gosh get me out of here and then we had nice weather and you could just you could just feel people getting that escape but spring training was like the thing, like pitchers and catchers report. Everybody's like, yeah, spring's coming. And it it, cha- it could physically change people who maybe suffer from seasonal depression into that mindset of, okay, here's, this is the, every single year, there's always this token light at the end of the tunnel that I say, okay, boom, spring training. And whether you're even into baseball or not, that was just the thing. Pitchers and catchers report, spring training has begun. All right. And we're, you're seeing Brewers highlights or Twins highlights or, you know, Cubs highlights on TV. Oh cool spring is here spring summer and your mind takes you into the, all of the fond memories that you have of of summer it could start from when you grew up on the lake you know going to the cabin to festivals and all these things you get to do so your mindset changes because you have this kind of positive interjection in your life and all those things that people could go to are gone now and movies blockbuster movies that people are really looking forward to seeing well now the news is oh these movies the release dates being pushed back to fall and this all these so even when people go to social media sometimes to find those outlets think think, the nfl is like fuck it i don't care i'm just we're just going to do the draft free agency's open peyton uh tom brady's a buccaneer the world's gone crazy let's just you know throw some gas on the fire so that's still there but everything else that people could find an outlet in uh, a lot of things concerts i'll add that on there every single band in, in the rock world seemed to announce this year was going to be the year they're coming back all those tours are postponed country had a bunch of big tours that were launching all those are postponed so now you go to facebook you go to instagram you go to social media 
and all the things that you would go there for and find that smile, that that dopamine rush that you get when you're like, yes, that thing. You know, it's all now negative news. And then you compile that with people that are posting, it's not necessarily, but posting truths about the things that they're experiencing, whether that's homeschooling a child, not as easy as it sounds, or lost my job, or you know, my job, I don't have my job now anymore, or my hours are being cut, or, you know, healthcare workers not, have, you know, available daycares as they cut the daycare, you know, numbers down. Now everything that they're being fed outside of the notifications, outside of the news, outside of the updates is all COVID-19 infused negativity. How do we find a, because you're going to almost have to reach inside and find that, that focus, that positive light that says, ugh, forward momentum, move forward, move past it. Because all the things that people could rely on before going to the gym, you know, getting out and uh, being amongst people in a park, going to a barbecue, all those things are, are not at the ready now to be an outlet. Any advice for people that are trying to find some mental stability, some mental ground that they can say, okay, it, I can, we can get through this and we will come out the other side stronger, better, faster. I tell you, I, I'm an optimist by nature. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that way growing up. You know, I was, my wife told me I was probably the most negative human being she ever met. <laughs> and she still married you. See, I, I know. And I said to her, I said, why? She goes, it was your boyish good looks and charm. I said, and, and the other thing she says, she goes, she goes, I married potential. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got, she's got foresight. That's good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I'm really very an optimistic person. And, mm. and, so here's, here's the, the opportunity in which I see in this whole mess. Number one is it caused all, all of us to slow down a bit, mm -hmm. right? Everyone you speak to talks about how crazy and busy their life is. Right. Well, you know what that just be basically means? It means we're out of control. Right. That, that chaos rules our life. Mm -hmm. I don't, it used to be, you know, it used to be a badge of courage. You have some really busy. No, you're chaotic because you can't control your life. Right. Yeah. So, it gives us the time to pause and slow down and spend time with family, mm -hmm. reconnect with that special someone, reconnect with our kids, sit down, play a game, mm -hmm. go outside and throw a ball with your kid. I mean, we still go outside, you know, as, as of this podcast, as of this podcast <laughs> exactly. don't go outside. And, and, and how about working on yourself? How about spending some time reading a book or two or a podcast like this, or, you know, obviously your audience is already engaged in this to make ourselves better. Hmm. So when life resumes, because ladies and gentlemen, it's going to resume. Yeah. This is not the end of the world. We will get back to normal, whatever that is. Now, normal may shift and that actually may be a good thing. I read somewhere, um, one of my favorite authors and, and, and one of my mentors that I followed as I kind of make my way through this business has been Robin Sharma. Mm. And he talked about this is perhaps this is, you know, a divine intervention. In other words, we're so distracted. We've become so volatile, so conflicted. Um, there's so much, um, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, people are fighting all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Division, division. Thank you. Division is the word I was looking for. There's so much of this stuff. 
people addictions and you know behaviors that are you know um, not empowering that perhaps maybe this is a way to reset reset the human condition mm. to be more kind more loving more understanding to be more appreciative again like i said earlier we always took a granted you know you get done with work you want to stop at the bar meet a buddy have a beer go grab a bite to eat go watch a ball game mm. whatever you just took it for granted now we look at those things as god i would love to do that again i love to sit down and turn the, the tv on you know, it's funny. Um, I heard the, the the theme music for the CBS uh, college tournament tour yeah. music this morning, and my initial response was, "Oh my god!" If <laughs> if, if if it was today, I mean, if yeah. it was a normal day today, there'd be ball games all over the TV, yeah. mm-hmm. right? NC2A tournament. So all these things that we've taken for granted, I I do think we'll appreciate more, and it's an opportunity to reset personally and collectively as, 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 as the human condition Hmm. to be more appreciative to more kind, as I mentioned before. So I'm an optimist when it, when it comes to that. I also think Coop that there's great opportunity financially, Hmm. you know, prior to this, our economy was smoking along. Now I'm not just talking about the stock market, but business is booming, new business is starting. You know, as you mentioned, you know, we just opened a new business mm. and we were open six days before we <laughs> shut down <laughs> at 45 here in Eau Claire. And, um, and people were optimistic. Uh, I think I saw a number 90, 96% of people felt good about their lives, their economic condition. I don't think I've ever heard of something like that before. Yeah. So the fundamentals of the economy were really, really good. I believe that once we get through this, that the the economists call it a V. So there's a V response. So you crash down and you soar back up. I think that's what we're in for. And there's so much opportunity to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. If you know what to do, where to look, um, if you have any money left after this. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of bucks saying it's got some, ch- got the change jar ready to go to cash in at the bank when I can go back through the, uh, go back into the, Lobby. It's in the lobby. Yeah. yeah. No. So I do I do think I do think there's a lot to be hopeful for. I do think there's much opportunity. I mean, even during the um, the financial crash of 09 and the stock market crash in in uh, in, in the late twenties, early thirties, mm-hmm. there was a ton of people who became incredibly wealthy. Yeah. So there's opportunity here to reinvent ourselves, to create a better version of ourselves. And to move forward, um, you know, being um, a, a better communities and a better world. I uh, I put out a tweet uh, the other day. I was just kind of thinking about all of those things. Mostly, you mentioned F forty five, and I know that you've. I've been kind of following the progress of that, you know, the steps that you guys have gone through um, and then opening. Um, I have some friends that uh, that get up the, the thesis that are, you know, now avid morning uh, morning people. I'm like, welcome to my world. Welcome to three o'clock in the morning. This is my time to shine, people. Welcome to it. But there's, you know, I was kind of going through some of that, knowing that we were going to have this podcast uh, and, and some of the things that I'm going through as, as a new small business owner. Now, m- my company launched, uh, you know, s- started in September, kind of as written down on a piece of paper from that till Thanksgiving day when we launched online with Captain Coop's Beard Company. Uh, and then in, in 2020, really getting into our, 
into the wheelhouse of okay, we know where where our money is to be made is really going into retail and going into uh, salons, barbershops, and uh, these locations that that have high foot traffic, and starting regionally and then expanding. Uh, we were scheduled to have some meetings down in Nashville. Nashville, I'm I my second city. I love you all. They they got ravaged by a giant tornado and then all of a sudden people went oh shit look over here there's something else going on so they're kind of getting it uh double uh right now so uh, my thoughts with with all my national people we were supposed to go down there meet with some uh some potentials so all these like these scary things uh for a new business like man this is this is our you know for me one of my sole sort, my major source of income with this company, even though it is in its infancy, can this survive this? And I think I put this post out uh, on Twitter, and it says some will come out weaker, some will come out stronger, some will come out fearful, some will come out braver, some will come out softer, and some will come out savage. What will you become? Um, I think a lot of this, and not just in business, and not just in mentality you know, an, an opportunity to make some lifestyle changes so that your immune system is, is better. Um, this is going to be a lot of self-analyzation about, okay, how can I, as a business owner, I, as somebody who really likes to keep myself healthy and in shape and likes to keep my family safe when these options aren't available, when these opportunities are currently, uh, not an exit ramp we can take, what ways can we reinvent, not necessarily reinvent ourselves, but find new opportunities. Uh, reading a great book right now, uh, The Obstacle is the Way. Um, the author escapes me. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes on here. But that's a lot of it based on Marcus Aurelius kind of always saying, there's a giant rock in the middle of the road. Are you going to turn around and go the other way? Or are you going to find a way to move the rock out of the, out of the road? And this is that giant rock, this whole, not necessarily the virus itself. And I think you've alluded to that several times. It's not necessarily about COVID-19. It's about everything that's going on associated with it, with the closings and with, you know, school, schools being closed, businesses being closed, self-quarantine. Um, how do we get through all of this? How do you find a way to push that rock out of the way? Um, so we've done some reinventing on our end with the business to kind of figure out, okay, we're going to go this direction and maybe try this angle or set ourselves up for prosperity after this goes on. But a lot of people and you can feel this if you do dive too deep into social media. A lot of people, instant reaction is to find the negative way. Find that negative mentality to go right from, uh, this sucks, There's this is going to ruin me, I'm, there, I can't get out of this. Uh, and this goes not just for people who have who've lost jobs or have to find child care or have to stay away from their job because they have to be home with their child. But also, you know, I think people that... Uh, that rely on places like F45, that rely on places like their gym, rely on places like their Thursday night social gathering with their friends, because those things are not available. And instead of finding a way to get that rock out of the road, they're just going to stand in front and stare at the rock and be like, I'm, I'm screwed now because I can't, I can't find a way. And I look this way and I can't go that way. There's no road. I look this way. I can't, there's no road there. There's a river. I can't swim. So how to, what can we interject into people? Because it's going to take, I think, the strong helping out, maybe the, the less mentally strong to say, hey, you know what? It's going to be all right. We're going to figure out a way. We're all in this together has been a, a quote that's been out there, whether it's whether it's reality or it's, you know, some, in, you know, another inspirational thing that's trying to move people along. But how do we get people to 
say, man, this, you know what? Yeah, it sucks. Um, it sucks because there's not your current avenue, your current road, your current rock in the middle of it. You can't find a way through it. If your building is closed or you're not allowed to go to work or they're not paying you, that's an obstruction that you can't change. How are you going to figure out a way through it? That's a good question. Um, and, and a lot of it comes from perseverance, mm-hmm. um, persistence, p- patience, and, and, and having, having a little faith. You know, um, I talk about the, the, um, the success formula. I did a podcast about two months ago on, on the success formula. And there's six steps to the success formula. And success is determined upon um, what, I, what it's called P plus T times A times A plus F plus T. And that equals success, no matter what avenue in your life. So let me explain what those stand for. So P is passion. If right now you're listening and you don't know what your passion is, this is a perfect time to take a step back and ask yourself, what is it that drives me? What excites me? What is it that if I can get up every single day and do, and I would do it whether I could get paid for it or not, it's always better to get paid for it. Yes. And there's always a way to figure out how to make that happen, especially in today's world. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't worry about that side of it yet. <clears throat> Just ask that question and find and, 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 and focus and meditate on it. Right? One of the greatest tools to ease anxiety is meditation. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't have to sit like a yogi in a chair in a dark room with a candle and chant for seven hours. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about getting quiet, mm-hmm. right? I have a routine every single morning where I spend a half hour um, just quiet. I go through breathing exercises. I do visualization. I do some, um, um, what I do, I go through what I call my persona statement. And I get my head where I want it to be. So I'm prepared to hit the day and experience the day as I choose to. Not as, it, not as it's coming to me, but as I choose to. And, and I find a lot of inspiration. And that's where a lot of ways you can find your passion, too, is when you get quiet. It's been said, Wayne Dyer said, it said, God only speaks to you in one voice, and that voice is silence. Mm-hmm. You have to get quiet to hear that voice within to get inspired. So passion. Number two is talent. We're all talented at something, right? If you can combine your passion and your talent, well, now look out. I told my son back in the day when he was considering going into musical theater, um, I always consider myself an objective parent. I never told my kids they were better at something than they really were. Mm. I mean, what's the sense to artificially play? You know what I mean? When innately they know, you know, that doesn't build up their self-esteem. It actually Mm. undermines it. You have to be honest. Mm -hmm. But my son was incredibly talented. And I knew that he had the ability to be a professional. And I said to Matt, and I said, when, when passion and talent meet and you're willing to put the hard work in, you can achieve your goals. And so he has. So passion and talent. The, the, so the, the first A is actions. Then what are you going to do? What action steps are you going to take? You know, the universe rewards those who take action. Get back to your bolder statement. What do you do? Do you figure out a way to go around it, under it, over it? Through or it. You stop and let it and let it define you. Mm-hmm. You see, when you stop and turn the other way, you're defining who you are. Mm-hmm. And so having that persistence, as I mentioned before. So action steps. What are you going to do? 
What are the, and do it sequentially. What do I need to do first? Hmm. Now, the, the next A is associations. Who do I need to learn from? Who do I need to hang out with? Who is it that it could be a book, a podcast, whatever, a mentor, a friend hmm. who's already doing or doing something similar that I want to do? How can I learn from them? Hmm. And believe it or not, I, I'm sure you would agree with this, Coop. Um, somebody who has found success in something is more than willing. In fact, they feel obligated to reach a hand down and help someone on their path. I 100%, yeah, 100% agree. Exactly. Cause I've had many who have helped me. I, I only feel natural. I've got to help other people. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. where the world goes around. Now the F is faith. And I don't mean religious faith, but it could, if that's important to you, I'm talking about faith in self and a belief in yourself. Because if you don't believe in you, who the hell will? And then finally, T. It takes time. It takes time. Success is not immediate. Success will test you every single day. How bad do you want this? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? That's a key point right there. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because a lot of times we want our cake and eat it too. But oftentimes to get, I'm sure when you launch your new business, there's some things you had to give up either in time or resources because you can't do it all. And if you're going to be really good at one thing, you can't be great at everything. So P plus T times A times A plus F plus T will always guarantee your success. Always. So, um, so really, really being, really being focused on, on I, that's why I said, I think it's a great opportunity, a great time for us to take a step back and become introspective and, and say to yourself, how do I want the rest of my life to look? Like if I had to be in prison in my home all day, right. you know, <laughs> and, and I don't know whenever I can think, I'm just euphemistically uh, or metaphorically speaking, if your house was your prison and you were going to get paroled in two or three months, mm-hmm. Right. What was the first thing you could do that you haven't been able to do? And how would you redefine your life and what would you do moving forward now that you finally have your freedom back? Look at it that way. I think that's a pretty interesting way to maybe approach it because then it creates perhaps maybe creating some leverage. But I'd like to share too, though, Coop, because we started off talking about anxiety and fear and stress and all the stuff that's associated with this whole process that's going on. Right. And I want to give your listeners some really practical and powerful tool to reshape and change your internal dialogue. Because remember I said, we, you can't create out of fear. Fear is a, is a disempowering, low tone, low energy and, and so nothing creative comes out of fear. So we have to switch that fear to something empowering like hope and gratitude or love or wherever it might be. So I want to give you, give your listeners a tool that creates what's called pattern interrupt. Um, that coin, that phrase was coined by Tony Robbins a long, long time ago when he was working with uh, Jim Rohn. Um, and as I mentioned to you, it starts first with being consciously aware of your, of your of your environment and and where you are in that environment at that time. Mm -hmm. And then as we're aware, in other words, we're present because 90% of our day is involved in routine behaviors that is, that comes from the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. In other words, we're not aware. We just do it because we've been doing it forever. Okay. 
And so we actually have to shift out of the subconscious to the conscious. So we're more consciously aware in the moment. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? How am I feeling it? So that's intentional living. So conscious awareness creates intentional living. And there's three steps, three steps to this. When you're feeling overwhelmed, anxiety, and stress, the first step is to be aware, right? Ask yourself, how am I feeling and do I want to feel this way? How am I feeling? I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm feeling really anxious. Is this how I want to feel? It may sound like an elementary question, but you have to ask yourself. You have to verbalize this. No, I don't want to feel this way. This sucks. I hate it. I don't want to feel this way. Okay, so now already in your brain, you're starting to relink and rewire the circuits and how your brain is firing. Number two is identify. Where am I feeling this? Hmm. Right? Am I feeling, am I feeling anxiousness as far as short, uh, shortness of breath, tightness in my chest, sweaty palms, my fidgety, you know, that, that butterflies in my stomach? Where am I feeling this? Because you want to acknowledge it's real. Because remember... We don't want to say, A, you're bad or it's wrong or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a normal human emotion, but we need to acknowledge how and where we're feeling it. And then the third step is ask yourself this really important question. How would I prefer to feel? Instead of feeling anxious and overwhelmed, how would I prefer to feel? Well, usually it's the opposite. I want to feel calm. I want to feel relaxed. I want to be happy. Okay. Now, how do you do that? Well, the first thing you start with is you take uh, four, you take a deep breath in through the nose, through a count of four, and you hold it for a count of eight. And then you exhale out through your mouth through a count of 12 for four, eight, 12. In, hold, out. And you repeat that cycle eight times. Now, you're sending an immediate message to your brain which then causes your brain to produce the cascade and the hormones to calm and relax you down. Now, as you're going through this, this breathing process, um, I repeat what's called a persona statement. In other words, I reaffirm how it is I want to show up. Mm-hmm. And it could vary from day to day, but my basic per- per- persona statement is this. I'm intelligent, I'm calm, right? I'm confident, I'm authentic, I'm disciplined, I'm passionate and I'm fearless. So it's my persona statement. So as I'm breathing, I'm repeating this to myself. And literally when you're done through this eight cycle, your physiology's changed, your heart rate is slowed, your body's relaxed. I've said many times is that thoughts are language of the brain and feelings are language of the body. So when we're feeling anxious, it's expressed emotionally and physically through our body. And so it's, it shows up as those, those uh, symptoms that I mentioned previously before. So when we change that energy and now we begin to express more positive, empowering emotions, what happens is, is we now express more confidence, certainty. Our posture's upright, right? Our shoulders are back. And out of, out of those emotions is where we begin to see the change and growth in our life. And the more we do that, the more the better we feel, the happier we are, the more we want to experience it. It creates this cycle. And the more intentional we become every single day. And when we don't do it, then we kind of fall back to our old patterns. We always go back to this, this process here. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how you can change your internal dialogue, dialogue, change your emotional state and choose something different. Because once you do, once you're living out of choice, what you should say, once you're living intentionally, right? You open up all the potential options and opportunities that, that exist around you. You actually allow it to flow to you rather than resisting it, pushing away. Cause that's what happens when we're in fear and anxiety. We literally push those things away. You interestingly said before, um, you had mentioned about, you know, people being worried about their finances and, you know, uh, am I going to have enough money to get through this? And these are all very legitimate fears and concerns. However, in Catherine Ponder's book, The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, she states, and this is one of the best books I've ever read. I'm rereading it again. I, I like to read it every year or two. Mm-hmm. But one of her laws, uh, pro, laws of prosperity, and by the way, it's an older book too, but it's, it's fantastic. If your readers have not read it. Um, she talks about when we start to internalize and verbalize lack, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to have any money. I'm afraid what's going to happen after this. Will I have a job? Will my savings go away? Will my lifestyle, will I have to sell my, all, every, when you start to internalize these thoughts, you literally create the energy to attract that to you. So when you, when you have these internal conversations that are not empowering, you have to stop it and use this process. And then, you know, so when you're going through those breathing exercises, right? I'm abundant. I am prosperous. I will be fine. Right. My family will be safe. We will be good. And the, I know some of your leader, listeners are thinking, well, that's, those are just stupid words. Yeah. You know, that may not be reality, but ultimately it will be your reality if that's what you believe, because you can't create a re, an alter reality. If your reality and belief is one thing and they create something different, yeah. it's impossible. It's just like you can't be in, you can't be angry and in gratitude at the same time. It's absolutely impossible. Yeah, there's a lot to be said. And I think a lot to di- dissect out of that, and I hope the listeners really take some time, maybe re-listen to that last uh, last segment and and take notes. We'll we'll put a lot in the show notes, but there's there's so much in there that from what the transition that I went through became a lot about understanding the brain and uh, a mentality that I had for a long time and I make the the honest assumption that a lot of people don't really realize that they are living with their brain in control of them when in reality you actually through the exercises that you talked about uh the quieting of the mind uh the breathing the the repetition uh post-it notes around your bathroom mirror whatever you're into there comes there becomes a point when you start to really understand that you have control over the thoughts that go in and out of your head, the things that you can force your yourself, your body to do when you go, wait a minute, like why is this object in between my ears all of a sudden telling me what to do when this, my internal dialogue is to say, no, like you can do this. You, you are in control of your own mind. And I think that is, it's an exercise you kind of have to continue on because it, it is, it seems like one of those uh, those techniques, those traits that that can fade. So you do need to keep on utilizing the tools. I think that you talked about, and there's there's others out there where you really focus on. I'm in control of this. Like if I want this to move in this direction, if I want this boulder to be out of the way, I can't think. If my mind tells me I can't move it, you can't follow that that lead when you know that you have control over what you are thinking and what you're. I need to get this boulder moved. 
how do I do it? Um, I was listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast uh, recently, and he had a guest on, and I'll, I'll put his name in the show notes. I, I just remember this anecdotal thing that came out, and it was kind of along those same lines where it talks about, imagine tomorrow morning you wake up, and you are the star of your movie. Your life is a movie. Not only are you the star, you're the director. You are the lighting expert. You create the sets. You create the surroundings. You create your character. And to an extent, you create your castmates, the other people that are involved in your movie. And at any point of that movie, you want it to move in a different direction. You want it to move from scene to scene. You don't want to be in a New York high rise. You want to be on a, a farm on a lake in you know, Northern Wisconsin, for some reason, you are in, if, if you, if you take that concept of you are in control of every aspect of your life as the, the star of the movie and as the director, the producer, the writer, you can go, okay, I need to go back to the script and somehow make an alteration in, I was, I was here in this movie. Now I would like to be here. What are the steps in the process I need to get to, from A to B? And, you know, that really kind of you know, that light, I think, is a little, uh, it's more surface, it's a less in-depth. But when if you start to wake up and go, does the star in my movie, if I'm watching it, since you have a lot of free time to watch, apparently, whatever you want now, thanks to Netflix and Disney+. Plus and, but if you turn on your movie and you go, why the fuck is my guy doing that? Like, I wouldn't do that. That This this seems dumb. Why is he, you know, wallowing in, in, in self-pity? Like, nobody's going to watch this movie. I want my movie to be the star is out and he's, you know, rescuing the damsel in distress and he's starting this business and he's doing these great things. He's got great kids and he's got, you know, he, he works out, he's healthy, he's, he, you know, he's strong, he's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. How does my character get to that point? Well, let me go ask the director. Oh, wait, I'm also the director of this movie. Let me script that out. How do I get there? And I think a lot of that thought process, if you put it into, into you know, kind of layman's terms about how people can, can put themselves in the the chair of, of the movie that is their life, you know, amazing things can happen, but it all kind of resorts back to things you talked about and the things that I'm mentioning is about being present and also being in that mindset of I'm kind of the boss, like upstairs and what the upstairs tells that, you know, the rest of me to do, I have control over that. And that can be an obstacle for a lot of people, but you know, again, it's a practice that needs to happen on the daily um, routine. I think morning routine. I know uh, you and Dr. Eddie have talked about it on the podcast about how the importance of that morning routine and and how it sets off your day. Other really inspiring people that I've had on this podcast they talk about that morning routine, man. And is there's days they don't want to do it, and you know some people who are a little more um, explicit with themselves, you know, have nicknames for that voice in their brain that says you don't want to get up and work out today. They're like, shut up, you little bitch. It's time to get up and work out. <laughs> You know, and, and there's the, the great thing is, I think, finding use for that, this time that you have, a lot of things we talked about, get reconnected with your family, you know, reach out to people, check on them, make sure they're okay. If they, you know, spiritually, mentally, physically need anything from you, there's technological ways you can communicate with people. Dr. J and I using Zoom to, to, to have this conversation today, but there's also great access instead of going into Facebook and launching into the, the messy world of what the negative people are, are talking about, find those people that are inspirational, you know, find the people that motivate you in the way that you need to be motivated. You know, some can need more softer tone. They need somebody who's kind of gentle with them and can kind of guide them along down the path of, here you go. Here's how you get from A to B. Some people 
you know, myself took a guy like Jocko Willink, who is a former Navy SEAL and just a loud, bald, bad motherfucker and kind of yells at you. But you're like, yeah, I feel that. But all these these characters and all these individuals are out there as a resource and are putting their information out, best part, for free for you to go and interpret and, and, and try to make it, you know, make sense of it, decipher it and put it into your life. So there's there's plenty of things, plenty of ways during this strange world that we're living in, the strange times, to find that moment of self-improvement, to go, you know, I lost, I don't have my job right now, but was I really passionate about getting up every morning, going to a job that I actually hated going to that I it, I get done with work at the end of the day and go, oh my God, that was the worst eight hours of my life. And then you come home and you're just kind of meh. And then everybody around you kind of feels you're meh. And they're like, don't really want to hang out with dad today. He's kind of meh. But man, if you go to work and you're doing something you're passionate about and you crush it every day and then you come home or you work from home and you go, I am so good right now. What do we? What what can we do? Like let's let's make everybody happy. the The change is is available. It's out there, and it starts with a lot of the things that Dr. J touched on in this podcast. So I am above appreciative uh, for the time. Um, we we all have a lot of it now. So hopefully people can dive into uh, not just this episode of the podcast, but episode fifteen was was amazing. So thank you for that one as well. And and everybody's just kind of got to keep your head up during this time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, um, a lot of things I talked about is in my most recent book that we just released, GPS, um, Triple P Life, uh, Mm -hmm. Your GPS to Success. And um, because it's, if if all this stuff was so well known, you know, uh, we'd have a different world. And like you, I'm, I'm really passionate and committed about helping people on their journey in, in, in whether it's, you know, their, their emotional journey, their physical journey, their, their, their professional or business journey. Um, I mean, that's really when it comes down to it. The fact is, is all we have at the end of the day is the impact we leave on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the stuff we accumulate doesn't mean crap, right. you know, um, is it fun? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. Right. And great trips It's fun. Travel is fun. But it really means nothing compared to what kind of impact will you have mm. on the lives of the people that you know you're able to influence, and and so I appreciate the opportunity to come up and and, uh, and speak to you and into your into your audience because when it comes down to it, you know we have each other. Mm. You're going to get through this. You're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to rebound. We're going to be better and stronger than ever. You got to have a little faith, right? Take the time to work on you um, and and just be confident that, um, you know, together we'll get through it. 100%. Dr. Jay LaGuardia, the Power, Passion, Prosperity podcast as well. Make sure you check that out. You're, you're dropping new episodes like all the time. You're like the podcast ninja over there, just, just dropping uh, fantastic guests and fantastic information. I think that all all have a lot of correlation to the topics that we discussed today. And, and obviously being under the, the umbrella of this, this cloud that we we're all seemingly under um, there's sunshine uh, on the other side of it. And I think interpreting, bringing as much light and good information, finding good authors, uh, finding good podcasts, finding that light is going to make this suck so much less. There's going to there's going to be parts whether it's of your own volition or not that aren't going to be awesome. Man, I really would like to go and me and Dr. J are going to go grab a cocktail after the po- Oh wait, we can't. 
But, yeah. you know, when this all blows over, you know, there's going to be that moment where the restrictions are lifted, where the kids go back to school, where there's some sense of normalcy. Now is the time. Now is the opportunity to, when we come out on the other, other end, what do you want your normal to look like? Like, do you want it to be like, oh, it's back to how it was. Was it great? Like, was it awesome before we got into this whole thing? Because now is the time that you can make those subtle changes that lead to big changes that when this is all blown over and we're talking about this and we're sitting around a campfire one day going, hey, remember that COVID-19 crap we went through back in 2020? That was some shit. We can talk about how everybody came out on the other side and how better society was or individuals and who you surround yourself with. Yeah, and how you showed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you stand up for your family? Did you, did you, you know, were you, were you, uh, you know, a rock, you know, were you there to support other people? Like you said, did you help other people? You know, it's been said that character is not defined during adversity, but revealed. And the reality is, is that um, we become our most dominant thoughts. And so if we want to change our reality, change our thoughts. Simple as that. Dr. J, always appreciate the time. Uh, in the show notes, links to uh, to follow him on all the social medias and also the uh, the podcast. We'll get the link up for that too and, and some of the great things you talked about in here today. I really appreciate it, not only for the listeners, but but I think even when you are on a path and mine didn't start that long ago, it's always, it's so good to keep on feeding yourself with great information and great insight and great technique because all those little things that you pick up you know, you take something from Dr. J or you, from this podcast, you take like 30 things from Dr. J. Um, and then you find these little anecdotal things, whether it's your morning routine, breathing exercise, you know, getting that meditation and what quieting the mind really is. You start putting all these things into who you are as a human being, man, does it get good. You know, it gets even in tough times, even in shit times when it's like, man, the rest of the world's kind of falling apart. It seems, you know, that you got you know, your core values and who you are and how you can, again, come out as the rock. If you got that figured out and you keep on growing, that's the, the potential is limitless. And it's, it's fantastic to have guests just like you on this podcast. And I really appreciate the time, Jay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Coop. Take care of yourself and your family. Tell them I wish them all the best and um, get that gym opened up soon. All right, let's get these. Get this <laughs> Looking down. forward to it. Thank you so much, Dr. Jay on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Really appreciate all the insight, all the knowledge, all the things that we learned today. Hopefully, um, as a listener, you are taking some of these things into consideration. Uh, go back and listen to uh, a couple of those different points that he made, especially about the breathing exercises, ways we can kind of calm the mind and get us through some of the more difficult challenges that I believe we're all facing uh, at this time because hashtag we all in this together. I thank you so much for listening to the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Uh, we, will, we will still be here. Going to be cranking out a bunch of episodes. Everybody's kind of got a freed up schedule right now. So we're going to be jumping on a whole bunch of great topics. Um, so I really appreciate you listening. And whatever platform you listen on, whether you're listening on, on your iPhone, on the Apple Podcast app, or you're on Spotify or Stitcher or the Google Podcast app or the iHeartRadio app, wherever you listen, make sure you hit the subscribe button because then every time we do drop a new episode, you will get that notification so you can uh, jump right on and listen or listen at your leisure. That is the magic of podcasts because uh, you can always listen whenever you have time and time right now is seemingly in abundance. So make the best of it and a bunch of other great podcasts out there. So maybe maybe make this the time that you really start to dive into podcasts. It's kind of like a, man, it, the education that you can get listening to some of these great podcasters that are out there, uh, really opportune podcasts 
right now to uh, to jump on board, gain some knowledge, uh, gain some wisdom, find some of those things like Dr. Jay and I talked about during this podcast about becoming better and coming out of this on the other side, a much stronger and better human being. Also, be sure to follow the Welcome to Cooperville podcast on all social media platforms. We know you're spending a lot of time on there, so you might as well let us into your fray as well. Uh, Welcome to Cooperville, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and on the Facebook. And also, uh, No Limit Cooper official on Instagram, No Limit Cooper underscore on Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook, uh, my personal page as well. Uh, a lot of good, good stuff. I post a lot of content from the podcast, a lot of cool things that I see, inspirational things that I see, motivational things, and uh, just trying to get us all through this together and, again, come out the other side stronger and better. appreciate you listening to the Welcome to Cooperville podcast, episode 49 in the books. Thank you so much. Be safe. We're all in this together.